episode of Girl Influence Power is brought to you by Collectin. Shop or run the world's tiniest boutiques with Collectin. Welcome to Girl Influence Power Podcast. I'm your host, Nadia Lee, entrepreneur, jewelry designer, CEO, co-founder of Collectin, an app that lets you shop influencer and designer labels direct from the source. Thank you for tuning in live on CastBox. This episode is brought to you by Collectin, shop the world's tiniest boutique in partnership with CastBox. So today, my guest is the creative and successful entrepreneur and author, Heidi Luera. Heidi is the CEO and founder of Raw Natural Born Artist, a production company that produces over 70 showcases each year around the globe, bringing together new and upcoming artists from fashion, music, and art. It's, it's a mission to provide the tools, education, resources, and exposure to independent artists. Welcome, yes. Heidi. Thanks so much <laughs> for having me. And don't forget, she has a new book out. It's called The Work of Art. Yes. And it's really a field guide for all creative entrepreneurs who need a little bit of guidance on the business portion of, of yes. Yes, being an artist. <laughs> <laughs> So, Heidi, I love what you do and I love what Raw Artist does because Thank it's you. very similar to collecting in concept in that it's providing a platform and a place for content, um, like for artists, whether it's visual, mm -hmm. uh, designers, and what kind of other, other artists, yeah, <laughs> like we, all sorts of artists, right? Yeah, we have over, um, we have 10 creative categories that oh, we showcase. Oh, wow. So we're really broad <laughs> okay so all sorts of artists <laughs> film fashion music art performing art hair makeup accessories photography tech and handmade craft oh wow <laughs> anything so, and everything creative so you bring them all together and yes. then that's what our raw artists do bringing them all together providing mm -hmm. them the platform so that they can get their word out there about who they are as an right. artist both okay. online and offline so oh, we have nice. an online platform mm -hmm. where they have a profile they can upload mm -hmm. photos they can have their social media links, get their SEO going. And oh, then wow. we have the showcases, mm -hmm, which we do mm -hmm. in 70 cities around the world. Okay. And we do them on a quarterly basis for mm -hmm. the most part. Okay. So, for instance, downtown LA, we have a show there mm -hmm. that happens every three months. Mm -hmm. And the showcases feature live music, fashion shows, mm -hmm. a pop-up art gallery, accessory vendors, um, handmade crafters, hair mm -hmm. and makeup, all, all the crafts I just uh, listed. Mm -hmm. And they're kind of simultaneously in this little circus ah, of creativity okay. in these showcases. So is each showcase a different event with a different yes. name? Mm -hmm. So would they know it's by raw artists? or Yeah. No? Yeah. So we have theme names mm -hmm, mm -hmm. per quarter. Right. Um, and those help differentiate. We've oh, been running okay. for about 10 years. So oh, we wow. have to <laughs> So you're very organized. Yeah, we've, got, we've got that part down. Okay. <laughs> but you didn't always start from this whole event production. You, you had this passion for fashion, right? For clothing. Yes, yes. So tell me about that. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to be a fashion designer since I was very young. Mm -hmm. Since I was seven, that's like all I remember wanting to wow. be. Mm -hmm. And I used to design formal dresses mm -hmm. and was... Um, very much in love with that world okay. and had books always from the mm -hmm. library and just, you know, obsessed. <laughs> um, I grew up in a small town in Northern California. Okay. So when I was 18, I knew that the only place I needed to go and be was mm -hmm. um, 
was Los Angeles. Right. So three months out of high school graduation, I was out of there. Oh, wow. <laughs> you, you are really focused. I was, <laughs> I was yes, tunnel vision right. all my way here. Oh, nice. Um, and then about a year after arriving, mm-hmm. I started my own clothing line. Oh, wow. Okay. And started trying to sell it at mm-hmm. swap meets because okay. it was the only place or marketplace Mm -hmm. I really knew to showcase and sell right right um and I found it really not the right demographic Mm -hmm. and I my line was specifically for young females Uh, so okay you know their moms maybe would buy it from (laughs) for them on their behalf and swap me but it wasn't really like a right the target that I wanted. Right. And I also had friends that were visual artists mm-hmm, and musicians mm-hmm. that I just found so talented right. and was almost like kind of pissed off and that yeah. there wasn't a place <laughs> for us to showcase right. uh, our work. Right. So yeah. I took matters into my own hands. Mm-hmm. And in 2005, I started a showcase for fashion, music, and art. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of organically exploded. Oh, I had wow. zero clue what I was doing. <laughs> I, I had done like... A couple of events in high school, but I wasn't like an events person per se. I was just very like organized Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. yeah. So that's kind of how it happened. It was an accident. (laughs) (laughs) It happens for a lot of people. (laughs) Right. Right. Because fashion is very tough. I mean, I'm in fashion business for 20 some years before I started my own tech company. That's fashion related, but Mm -hmm. it's brutal out there. It is. Right. And and people think that if you're just a great designer with a great product, you can get access to all these great buyers. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's a it's a hustle. And so that was the other thing is I started working in the fashion industry kind of Mm -hmm. simultaneously. I was working for a showroom Mm -hmm. in the fashion district and at a very young age like Uh I I had no business being Uh there my boss made me lie about my age and tell (laughs) everyone I was 23 I was 19 (laughs) so she was like everyone thinks you're 23 okay (laughs) like you shouldn't be here you haven't even gone to fashion school but you're doing well so I kind of got a lot of um, hands-on experience yes. in the fashion mm-hmm. industry and the business side. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this. Oh, I know. <laughs> like, it's so expensive and it competitive. So exp- yes. And yeah. so I wanted to go more direct to consumer. Ah, uh, right. And create right. my own stuff and just right. sell it to the right. customer. Right. But there wasn't anything like that. Which is true. Because, LA. yeah, because when I started, it was pretty much the same thing. If you yeah. was pretty much you just wholesale, right, to a retailer. Exactly. And that and you're hoping that retailer would then get your word out and you become famous. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's the hope. Right. The but dream. then, yeah, but you can't get access to these retailers because, well, even it's now difficult. it's even, yeah, it's difficult. Now it's even probably worse because back in the days you would probably go to a wholesale trade show. But like you said, if you're starting out, a trade show was like it's three, four thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, three, four thousand dollars. And then how much orders do you have to write before you go? Before you even break even. <laughs> right, yeah. right. And you still have to produce the clothing line on top exactly. of that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know your struggles. Yeah. So <laughs> I've been in fashion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that was the point was mm-hmm. really like, let's bypass all of that. Right. Not that it is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I really believe like if you are capitalized, right. if you have all of your, you know, manufacturers in place and all these people that you can trust like go do that thing like these trade shows are wonderful Mm -hmm. and you can get a ton of business but there's so many designers that are super talented that don't have those types of means Mm -hmm. yet yes and so raw um launched in 2009 so Mm -hmm. i did that show for from like 2005 Mm -hmm. to 2008 
um, with a partner, we kind of had a brutal split. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And I did corporate stuff for a while and then started Raw in 2009 with all of my experience and knowledge Uh from doing events and working with artists and being one myself. Right. But that's really the concept behind it was you don't need to go full fledged right Right, off the bat. If you have something you're passionate about and you're talented and you have the ability to fulfill some orders for small, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. a small line or something. Yeah. Yeah. Raw can be a platform for right, you. Right. Because you don't have to go the standardized way. And really, there's no standardized rate anymore. Not now. <laughs> right? Not with yep. the internet. <laughs> right, exactly. Everything's so flattened. Yeah. Right. Because you want to just go direct to the consumers anyway. Because you want to connect. Right. Yeah. And talk to them and know what your products is good for or where you need to improve. Right. So that's very, very important. Absolutely. So, But you got your degree from fashion, uh, FIDM, right? Yep. From downtown. Mm-hmm. Did mm-hmm. you put that into any good use? <laughs> You know, uh, FITM was a great experience on a lot of like marketing and branding stuff. I learned a ton mm-hmm. there. Um, at, I was a merchandise product development major. Oh, okay. So I, but I want to say just, I think in a lot of people can right. echo this, mm-hmm. especially these days, the majority of the things that I've learned mm-hmm. have been through hands-on experience uh. and doing sometimes the hard way right. <laughs> like you can only <laughs> learn so much from a textbook right, right. You have exactly to go out and get your hands dirty right. and like experience what it's like right and what the repercussions of your decisions are right. that's true <laughs> but that's there's very, not very a true. lot of textbooks that can teach you that <laughs> you know so what do you think is the difference between like running a fashion business versus running raw like a more oh. more ser- I guess it's kind of a service, right? More of a service business. Yeah, right. we are it it's much different having a product mm-hmm. than a service. Right. Um I would say that there are tons of differences, but I think the fundamentals of business are the same. Mm-hmm. You need to know what direction you're going. You need to make sure you have a strong team. Right. You need to make sure that you have systems and processes right. in place. Oh which yes which I'm still learning how to do <laughs> the proper way. Right. Um, and then constantly maintaining those mm-hmm, things. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, being in business for as long as we have 10 right. years, mm-hmm. it is, uh, it, it's constantly evolving and changing. Right. Like mm-hmm. there's these different levels that you go to mm-hmm. in business or go right. through rather mm-hmm. yes. in business where I feel like level one is like easy. You're excited. You're <laughs> right. passionate. Yes. You're pushing. Uh-huh. Um, and then you finally get past that point where you've got a little bit of traction right. mm-hmm. and then it's like level two and that's harder, right? much that's harder. Yes. And it, it's like a video game. It takes right. you a couple times mm-hmm. to pass it. Yes. And then once you've mastered that, right. you're on to level three. So it's I feel like true. it's the it's same. It's very, very true. <laughs> you know, it, fundamentally, but yeah, very different right. as far as right. Right. running a fashion business and, you know, driving my car around right. anywhere that would give me a booth and mm-hmm. unpacking it. Yes. <laughs> It's more managerial for mm-hmm. me now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. So do you enjoy the managerial day to day or if you, you know, if you could just do whatever one job in your company and right now, what would you like really oh, focus that's on? such a good question. Um, I, I'm definitely a creative entrepreneur mm-hmm. myself. So right. I am, I am kind of the, I, I had a friend that explained this 
um, you're either a scalpel mm-hmm. or a sledgehammer. <laughs> right. And I'm more of a sledgehammer. Uh-huh. I'm more of the let's break down barriers. Right. Let's find new ways. Mm-hmm. Let's chart new courses. Yeah. Um, so I think if I could not uh, do any of the other stuff, right, I would right. just be like, hey, I have this idea. I mm-hmm. want to do it. I know how to do it. I have the right. vision. I'm going to put the systems and process right, in place. Right. Okay. Here, employee X, you yes. take care of this from now on. I'm going to go sledgeham something. Right, right, sledgeham right. something yeah. else. Because um, you're the visionary, basically. Yeah. Yes. And, and so, but yeah. you, you also have to have the balance of right. maintaining those things and making sure things right, are right. going, mm-hmm. you know, the right yeah. way. Which is, <laughs> I think, the hard part, the right. bigger you get, mm-hmm. too. It's yeah. like, I can't have my eye on 150. Yes. Oh, you can't do everything. We have to execute today. So that's where having a strong team comes in. Right. So yeah. do you have one person that you can trust to execute your vision? We have a team of 60. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's a huge team. Yeah. And we have uh, departments and department right, leaders right. and things like that. So, yeah, absolutely. We have people we can trust in each of those departments. Right, but right. it is it is still always a difficult thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think as a boss, what I sometimes struggle with is my expertise slash gut feeling uh-huh. and then also you know, listening to my team and being like, okay, who, who is, I don't want to say the word right, because right. we're never a hundred percent right, but who is the, um, how can we make this meld together between their ideas and my ideas right. and how can we, you know, yeah, take the, take the right path or because, take the right yes, path, because yeah. you want to respect your, your, your staff's right. opinions. Because Absolutely. You know, yeah. But, but then you also very strong. In your I I'm like, well, so it's very, I kind of did that already like six years ago. <laughs> <laughs> you guys want to try it again? <laughs> it's in that, I think that's the hardest, the hardest part right, about right. being a boss. Yeah. For me. No, it least. is. It is. It's that trying to find that balance, that, that yeah. perfect formula that you mm-hmm. let the creative, you know, kind of do their thing or the people that you know work for you do the thing but at the same time you want it the way you want it right I know <laughs> right I know yeah that's hard yep and I know you work with your husband I do oh how how do you manage that <laughs> we're thinking about starting a support group actually for husband and wife so right. if you guys want to join <laughs> oh that's true I, I'm a husband and wife team too there's so many there's right, so many right. because I think it is a different dynamic and it yes. creates a different dynamic right right um, right but yeah, that's we started working together before we were a couple. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I think that's what the foundation of our relationship uh, has been right. built on. So mm-hmm. it's maybe a little different, but it, it has its days yeah. where it's real <laughs> difficult. Right. Are you able to draw boundaries? Like, you know, no, no. <laughs> so you talk We've about tried. work even at home sometimes after oh. work. A hundred percent. Right. Yeah. Right. We're like, I feel like we're in a constant 24 hour <laughs> business meeting. <laughs> well, I think it's also because we're both passionate about it. Right. You right. know, no, so it's, it's, it's like, what do yes. you want to talk yeah, about? Yeah, that's like, true. That's true. Because all it just all, always comes up. Like, <laughs> yeah, of course. And yeah. No, I know. It's so convenient. They're sitting right, right, right there. Right. It's I like, mean, hey, yes. we should talk about this problem. Go right, ahead. right. It's like you want to turn it off after you go go I home know. but it is very hard because it just pops up yeah in a conversation here and there totally yeah Do you so we've tried before we've tried to be like okay after we come home we're yeah. not talking and then be like so one thing we do mm-hmm. do now mm-hmm. is we'll be like is it okay to talk about business right now uh, so we like right, ask because right, if you're right. not in that headspace like that's i true. could be in that headspace but he's not yeah or vice that's versa, true and that's I'd be true like, no not right now <laughs> <laughs> so do you have something you do like to turn off all that noise at the end of the day like if you 
viewer just like, oh, this is so stressful. I have trained myself to turn off my brain. Like, I don't know how. Mm -hmm. I think in the beginning, I couldn't do that personally. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm talking like 15 years ago when I was like, it's all I could think about. Mm -hmm, I was like mm -hmm. breathing, sleeping, eating (laughs) it. Um, Yeah. But I have had to train myself because you'll drive yourself crazy. Oh, you will. Like, you have to remember you're <laughs> yes. a human being right. and you have needs right. and you have things, <laughs> other things you need to accomplish. Right, right. You know. Yeah. And then, you, so. yeah, once you have kids, it's all different, too. Because oh my then God. there's another piece of the puzzle. Yeah. yeah. But you know what I do? I, I binge on, like, TV dramas. <laughs> sometimes i'm like i know people's problems (laughs) right and i was like okay i'm like i'm gonna do like netflix for all night long (laughs) like i would tell my husband's like okay once the daughter's asleep like i'm gonna be watching drama from now to 4 Uh a.m and that's Uh just for me to relax so like you know get a hold of yourself and just deal with it yeah go over there i'm gonna be busy (laughs) right and like i don't want to talk about anything else (laughs) just give me my tv (laughs) no totally i think obviously with the golden age of tv that's something that I do too. It right. does help like drown it out. Yeah, for sure. that's true. But again, wine. That's my other. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Point. That's true. <laughs> but that could get really, really dangerous too. I know. I have, yeah. So, okay. Lo- like, we're going to take a quick break. But, okay. What do you think impacts most with people that you work with? Is it the music? Is it like, is it art? The genre of art? Yeah. Is it, mean? I mean, yeah. What What is it that? I think it's together. different for for everyone, but um, specifically, I think what makes Raw very unique mm-hmm. is that we do have all these genres of creativity mm-hmm. and one place under one roof. Right. So that's very... Um, that's very rare. Okay. Like you can go to an art show, mm-hmm. you can go to a fashion show, right. but it's really rare to have all of those things in one place. Right. Mm-hmm. So I want to say just, uh, I don't think there's any one specific genre. I think mm-hmm. it's the fact that they're all together okay. and collaborative. Right. Okay. So, That's but great. yeah, we have anywhere from 800 to a thousand attendees that come to oh, our showcases. Wow. So people are very interested Mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. kind of what's going on in their backyard. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) Okay. So we're going to go on a break now for a minute and we'll be right back with Heidi and then we'll jump right into more about your current business and then to talk a little bit about your book. Sure. Sounds good. (laughs) Now you can try before you buy on Collect It. Introducing Experience. The new way to shop jewelry. Flaunt your style and express your creativity with experience. Get it today, only on Collectin'. All right, we're coming back from break, talking with Heidi Luera for Raw Artist. Okay, so we're going to jump right in and talk about more about Raw. Sure. Um, so what is the biggest difference in attending a Raw event versus, like, saying, going to an art gallery or, mm-hmm. you know, smaller events? Mm-hmm. So... It's a collaboration of all of these different crafts. So you will see a pop-up art gallery. You'll see fashion shows. You'll see live music. You'll be able to shop vendors. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have a bar. Open. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, cash bar. It's not an open right, bar, right, but yeah. there's a bar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you can have cocktails. You can talk directly mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with the artists. Mm-hmm. Um 
there's normally there's a dj in yeah. between every mm-hmm. set we also have what we call our live sculpture garden right, which right. is essentially our hair and makeup artists mm-hmm. because a lot of times they're not regarded as right. artists themselves mm-hmm. and they truly are um they normally have two to three models mm-hmm. that are standing on pedestals and kind of posing uh-huh. like mannequins oh, and they're very okay. cool hair and makeup right uh features so it is Unlike most showcases mm-hmm. that you've been to. Okay. And I would venture to say it's definitely not boring. Yeah. You know, I, <laughs> okay. I've gone sound to boring, art right? showcases right. before, which are great. You mm-hmm. know, galleries are wonderful right. um, for sales and for, you know, elevating an artist's career. Right. But most of the time, unfortunately, and I'm an art lover, mm-hmm. too. Right. Mm-hmm. I will go to a gallery and I'll take a lap mm-hmm. or two. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, oh, I'm done. <laughs> You know, right, right. and I, I really don't. And I feel like a lot of galleries are very intimidating. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, you don't want to go in there. You feel like you're going to break something. Right. That's or true. Like, That's you know? very, very true. So raw is really an opportunity to bring creativity to people mm-hmm. and bring, you know, people to creativity. Because um. I feel like there's really not um an approachable entity that does that Mm -hmm. you know that's true because you're one of your first right to do this type of event we yeah we kind of are the only you are the only and first (laughs) does it like this there are definitely you know pop-up art shows Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. and fashion shows but again yeah because it's a logistical puzzle oh it is so i get why (laughs) no one else does it um but yeah so how do they know to go to one of your events like uh, they can go to raw artists, mm-hmm. that's plural, dot okay. com. And there is a um, little, I guess, tab in right. the right hand mm-hmm. corner that says select your city. Right. We're in mm-hmm. over 70 cities around the world. We're all over the United mm-hmm. States, basically in every major metropolitan city you can think of. Okay. We're in Australia, Canada, and we just launched in Mexico. Okay. In Mexico City and Guadalajara last mm-hmm. year. Oh, well, okay. Guadalajara this year, Mexico City last year. So they can they can choose their city mm-hmm. and see what showcase we have next. Oh, okay. Um, so they can attend that way. Mm-hmm. And you can also submit your work as an artist. Mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. you are a visual artist or a fashion designer right. or an accessory mm-hmm. designer, you can submit your work on our website. Mm-hmm. One of our curators will review it. Okay. And if we think it's a good fit mm-hmm. and you feel like it's a good fit for where you are right. at in your mm-hmm, career, mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. we book you in and ah, okay. make it happen. So do you usually find the local artists in that area for that yes. yeah. uh, production? Every okay. every showcase is made up of local artists from that community. Oh, okay, nice. So, and every showcase is different. Right. Oh, that's nice. So it's the intent for exposure or really for the yes. artists to make money too? It's both. Yeah, okay. it's both. So... The way that raw works Mm -hmm. is we don't have a traditional booth fee, like a trade show Uh or something mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. that. We have our artists, their their skin in the game is to sell 20 tickets to the showcase. So they're essentially crowdfunding Uh from their community. Mm -hmm. And we lead them through the process. And that is kind of intentional Mm -hmm. because it helps kind of self-educate right. on self-promotion. Right, because that's true. artists absolutely have to do that. Oh, they don't yes. realize. Yes, you do. You <laughs> have to sell so everything, right? Because salesmanship yeah. is actually the key to success. Absolutely. For any artist or any entrepreneur, you have to be able to sell yourself. Right. <laughs> and so your you product. have to get out of your comfort zone. Right, You're right. the expert on your work. Yes, so exactly. that is their buy-in, and um, that's their only buy-in. They actually make money from ticket sales if they're mm-hmm. really great at self-promotion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
they can make money back mm-hmm. um, from from selling over that 20 ticket uh, okay. minimum all right and then we take zero percent mm-hmm, commission mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. any sales mm-hmm. that they make at yeah. the showcases so we've had artists sell hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of work and fashion and accessories throughout wow, the years wow. and the, that's only like the small minuscule amount right, that right. we can track right because we send out a survey we're like did you sell anything tell yeah, us yeah and <laughs> it's like a per- small percentage right, tells us right, so i yeah. think there's even more than oh, that. okay but, yeah. is there any notable artists that came out of your one of your events yeah we talk about this too so we don't like to take credit because mm-hmm. it's not because they participate in rock right, they're famous right. now. <laughs> um but there's several mm-hmm. um vinnie Etienne, who oh. just uh he was on project runway this last oh, season nice. he actually launched his his line with raw i think mm-hmm. in 2014 oh okay um um, so we were like his first official fashion show uh-huh, and uh-huh. he was just in the top 10 on Project Runway. Oh, nice. But that doesn't have anything to do with Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could say it's well, like one yes thing no. led to another. Yeah, because he has to audition, right? And then they're probably going to ask him like, what have you done? Sure. Let me show your work. You yeah. Know? <laughs> but he just, he works his ass off. Right. You know, yeah. well, so. Yes. Every artist, every entrepreneur <laughs> does that. And right. we have to do everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we have, we have so many success stories and artists that have sold you know a ton or gotten picked up by a gallery mm-hmm, or ended mm-hmm. up collaborating with somebody as a result of our showcase that right. led to other opportunities right. so and it's really hard to track we have almost 200,000 artists in our network mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. unless they tell us right and we again we survey them after mm-hmm. every showcase but unless they tell us mm-hmm. or like fill out that survey right. we don't know uh, and sometimes I see it like years later right. like I'm yeah. friends with the artist uh, on Facebook uh-huh. or Instagram and I'm like hey didn't you guys meet at a Robin right. they're like yeah we started a clothing line I was uh, like how come you didn't <laughs> <laughs> you know but I get it they're busy right 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 <laughs> so do artists do this repeatedly with you or like yeah, it's a one time deal mm-hmm, oh mm-hmm. okay that's there, cool. we absolutely we have our alumni that we welcome back into mm-hmm. our showcase constantly and how do you manage so many shows across the globe oh my god <laughs> good question <laughs> I mean, how do you keep it consistent that's my question as a business person <laughs> yeah it's really hard well we have a we have a brand book mm-hmm. that um we update on an annual basis that mm-hmm. basically has like this is what the show should look uh-huh. feel like this is how everything should be right. set up mm-hmm. we have showcase directors that adhere to the brand mm-hmm, book mm-hmm. and make sure all of those boxes are checked right um but yeah, it is uh, difficult. When we right. first started, we had independent contractors in mm-hmm, each of mm-hmm. these cities and right. states that we were in. Mm-hmm. And we found it really difficult to mm-hmm. actually control kind mm-hmm. of the product right. and making sure that like the mission was being upheld the mm-hmm. way we wanted it to. So we ended up um, about six years ago, mm-hmm. we moved a bunch of people in-house to an office uh, and made them employees and uh, was like, here's right. medical insurance, here's this, <laughs> we're going to do this. Right. Make right. sure that this is, you know, good right. and sturdy and that you have all the tools and resources right. that you need to succeed. Um, so, yeah. So what are the challenges having like independent contractor? Because that's kind of versus Mm -hmm. like your own employees, because that's kind of like the gig economy right now. Everybody's thinking like, I'm just going to have a couple of side gigs, you know, and do various things. So what's the difference or what's also the importance of, you know, having a company with 
all of them in one place. Yeah, I think it's really communication. And Mm -hmm. I know that we have like all these online utilities that help with it. Mm -hmm. Um, But the communication is so much better when someone is face to face Mm -hmm. than over chat or over Skype Uh, or something like that. You know, if someone chooses not to answer their phone for three days and you have something to talk to them, they could just (laughs) do that. They can just disappear on you. They're independent, independent contractor. Right. 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 And then you're like, hey, uh, (laughs) we need a chat, you know, short of getting on a plane and flying to their house. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So that was kind of and we we work with a lot of younger people and Mm -hmm. some of some of them. This is their first real job Mm -hmm. or their first, you know. Right experience doing Mm -hmm. something out of uh, college Mm -hmm. and things like that. So I think it is much better to have your team in house. Mm -hmm. At least for us, it's proven to be. It's a lot more work. There's Mm -hmm. a lot more to consider. You know, like we have HR now. We have have to have all these things that we didn't necessarily (laughs) need before. So it's more expensive. It's a bigger investment. But it's better for the brand overall right. and mm-hmm. for the showcases and mm-hmm. their quality and for artists ultimately. And that's what's most important to me is like, I want to make sure that the artist experience is fantastic right? and we can only really manage that and um, maintain that. Mm-hmm. I think if we have the proper team in place in house and they're there if right. we need to. So you can hold them accountable. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <Yeah. laughs> I know some of these struggles. Yeah. It's every day, right? In management, like what is what is the most difficult thing in being in management now that you're, you know? There's 70 people to manage. <laughs> yeah, well, I have managers and then managers under them, but yeah, I think it's um I'd have to say everyone has an opinion right. and I, <laughs> I love it. And I want to listen to everyone. Right. Right. I, that's the hardest part though. Ah, right. I think it's everyone has an opinion and they don't necessarily uh, see. I'm the only one that sees 360 right. view of the business. Yes. yes. And so I think that makes it difficult right, at right, times. Right. You know, they say it's lonely at the top for a yes, reason. It it's is. Because, <laughs> yeah, I know what the bank account looks like. Right, I know what exactly. the employees need. I know what this looks like. Mm-hmm. I know what our artists need. I know all of these things. Right. And so people tend to have opinions and make decisions or right. want to make decisions mm-hmm, or see mm-hmm. something happen from only one side right, of yes. the view. Yes, because and there's so, only one department. Or right. One, yeah. and, so, and, and that's no fault to them. Right. It's just that's where right. they see it from. <laughs> so... I think that's the hardest part, really. No, that is. is like being right there and being like, well, I can't really share this information right. with you, but the mm-hmm. reason I'm making this decision is because of X, Y, and Z that exactly. you can't be a part of. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think I that's you. the hardest part of managing people. Mm-hmm, it's just mm-hmm. everyone has an opinion. You want to be a good right. boss. You want to listen. But there's like things that they they just can't know. Right. Exactly. So that's, that's <laughs> tough. <laughs> so how do you keep them motivated then? I... Um, I try, uh, we have um, SWAT meetings mm-hmm. now, which mm-hmm. is a newer implementation. Right. We have SWAT meetings on a quarterly basis mm-hmm. where we do kind of have an open forum mm-hmm. and allow them to, because they do have really great ideas right. and like allow them to come out and be like, okay, what are our strengths in this department, our uh, weaknesses, our mm-hmm. opportunities, our threats, and kind of go through that exercise right. and practice. Mm-hmm. Um, we also, we make are showcases very competitive Mm -hmm. um in in certain ways and i think that helps motivate them Mm -hmm, we mm -hmm. play games and stuff sometimes 
Um, but overall, I feel like our team is really passionate mm-hmm. about what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And for artists, um, they're there because they love it. There's right. not a ton of money in it. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> None of us are here right. for the money. It's because like they really do want to make an impact. And mm-hmm. it's like if you have to go to work eight hours a day right. or more, mm-hmm. uh, you should maybe like what you're doing. Right. You know? right. And I think that's ultimately what it comes down to. You know, you can go and work anywhere for a higher salary right. or less hours or whatever. But if you don't like what you're doing and you're not fulfilled in that, it's it's the trudge every yeah, day that's you know true. And it doesn't have to be and then, so i feel like that's why the majority of our employees are here right that's what they like okay so what kind of culture do you think you created with your company like what's your brand of mm-hmm. influence on your company culture our company culture is very creative oh, nice. um every single we say we're for artists by artists uh-huh. um Every single employee does something creative. So they are musicians. We have a ton of musicians. Mm -hmm. We have, um, oh, we have writers. We have people who are photographers. We have visual artists, Mm -hmm. painters. Mm -hmm. We have, so they're coming. I think we've done a really good job of kind of creating a culture of, you know, casualness Mm -hmm. while also, um, allowing allowing people to follow their own creative path, yeah. mm-hmm. but also making it fun and cool and right, not, right. you know, not too corporate-y. Right. <laughs> That's true, because you are in the creative yeah, field. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which it can swing a little too much that <laughs> That's way sometimes. True. And you That's have to, like, true. bring it back. But. So let's talk a little bit about your book, The sure. Work of Art. So mm-hmm. um, in there, you, I'm sure you're giving lots and lots of tips to yeah. the uh, artists. Can you share some of your advice that you would give for artists starting out in the business side? Sure, <laughs> yeah. So the book is basically a business book for artists. Mm-hmm. It's called The Work of Art. Um, and I've worked with creatives and been one myself pretty mm-hmm. much my whole life, but um, for almost 20 years. And I've seen them make lots of little tiny mistakes that mm-hmm. I think if they just slightly skewed the other direction, right. they could have a much different career. So mm-hmm. I wanted to, after, you know, it was Ra's... 10th birthday this year Mm -hmm. and I was like you know what I have so much to say to this community especially Mm -hmm. after doing this for 10 years and like going through my own struggles right and I've learned so much often the hard way I was like I gotta write this down (laughs) (laughs) so I started doing that and then it unfolded and Mm -hmm. turned into a book but (laughs) um essentially I think the number one thing is creatives need to decide exactly what they want for Mm -hmm. their career Mm -hmm. um because that's often something that's like the the most fundamental first layer that Uh, I see is missing mm -hmm. a lot of the time is they're just like yep I create I like doing this Mm -hmm. but they're just kind of fumbling around and doing Uh, different things being disappointed by different things because they didn't really define what they wanted in the first place and that's when people can feel super lost Mm -hmm, and depressed mm -hmm. and like over it you know right right um so i think that's like the number one thing but in this book i cover um branding both creative your Mm -hmm. your creative work and your personal brand i cover budgeting i cover investing and saving Mm -hmm. um also how to deal when you get into your more like tougher levels of yeah. success mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. that presents a whole nother set oh, of problems yes. <laughs> at every level <laughs> every level it's that video game we right were talking about. right <laughs> um 
I cover mental health oh, also. Right. That's an that's another important one. I that's did true. I did some research and then it was kind of staggering mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the amount of uh, statistics with kind of creative people uh-huh. and how we tend to deal with mood disorders right. and depression mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you know. So there's I um I interviewed and work wrote that chapter mm-hmm. with a clinical psychologist oh, wow. to make sure mm-hmm. that I wasn't, you know, giving any right. bad advice. <laughs> I was like, true. here's a doctor. Yeah. Here's what she says to do. Right, Dr. Right. Rosie Benedicto. She's awesome. Oh, so, nice. um, so yeah, it kind of covers the gamut, right, I feel, right. mm-hmm. but, um, that's kind of the book in a right. nutshell. <laughs> and those no. are some of the advice points. And also, like, the media now makes it seem like it's so easy to raise money. And then if you have a bunch of money, then you can be very successful. Mm-hmm. Now, starting out by on your own, um, you know, with little or no support from anyone else, like, would you advise them to go out and just get a whole bunch of money? Would that even make a difference? Or what? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So I have a couple things, and I have an entire chapter about this, too. <laughs> Um, I think it's really important that you take care of yourself financially mm-hmm. and have a steady income right. of some sort. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. don't quit your day job yet. Yeah. Like, have a plan. Because right. you, I did that. Right. And you can read about how horrible that right. was. <laughs> Bad idea. Um, there's a lot of personal stories in my book that are just, ugh. Anyways, um... No, I think that you should, I think raising capital should be done very thoughtfully Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it should be based on a plan that you have in place. Right. And it doesn't need to be some super crazy, robust business plan, obviously, unless you're like going to a bank Mm -hmm. for a loan or something like that. Right, right. Um, But you need to have a plan about how you're going to put that back into your business and into your pocket, how you're Mm going to feed yourself. Right, right. So that's why I say don't quit your day job just like off the bat. Yes. Have a plan to exit over time. Right, Exactly. While you do that, you Mm -hmm. need to double duty Mm -hmm. and you need to get, you need to stop, you know, going out every weekend and, you know, spending your nights and weekends, Mm -hmm. like, you know, at happy hour, like you've got to be really cognizant again, if that's what you want to do. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a couple of things that I recommend, but Mm -hmm. the, the number one thing that I recommend is like do double duty for a Mm -hmm. period of time. Uh. Like even when I was writing this book, what I would do is obviously I work a full time mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. more than full time right. gig. And then I would, I made a, what I call a beast mode mm-hmm, balance mm-hmm, schedule mm-hmm. for yeah. myself. <laughs> Just invented the name. <laughs> um, but essentially I'd come home from work mm-hmm. and then from seven to 11 after mm-hmm. I've had dinner or right. gone to the gym or did whatever I needed to do from seven to 11 every night mm-hmm. I would write. And I wow. did that for months. Yes. Discipline. Really. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's being, it's being disciplined. Right. And that allowed me to do both of these things oh, at the same time. Right. You know, mm-hmm. whereas if I was just like, nope, I'm quitting my job yeah. because, <laughs> which I wouldn't, but like, I'm quitting my job yeah. because I want to write a book. Mm-hmm, it's like, mm-hmm. That would be a horrible idea. <laughs> no, I, I agree. <laughs> you have to, you know, balance those things right. as you go. So I recommend that the second, I think second in my list of like best case scenario mm-hmm. for financing is crowdfunding it from your circle. Ah, so mm-hmm. um, there's Kickstarter, there's GoFundMe, there's right. all of those different mm-hmm. platforms. I think that's the second best way to do it because there's no interest. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> and um, 
you know, your friends and family do want to support you. Right, that's true. And the one caveat that I'll I'll put on that statement, though, is that I've never personally seen that work mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, more than one time. Uh, so, like, okay. make a count. Like, you right. can't do, like, okay, I'm out of money in three months. I need to do another round. <laughs> right, right, right. You know. Yeah. But um, so I recommend that, too. Like, crowdfunding is mm-hmm. good. Best case scenario, though, save up your own money for a period of time until it's feasible for you to do that and sacrifice, like live below your means, Mm -hmm. move to a smaller place, get your roommate, do what you got to do for a period of time, knowing that it has an expiration date Mm -hmm. to, you know, move forward. So it's, you know temporary lifestyle to make big gains later. right yeah. all of these great advice is on your <laughs> book so don't forget buy her book yeah <laughs> well thank you Heidi for joining us today and sharing Absolutely. your amazing stories you're so inspirational for all Aww. these women and also you know as as well as all the artists out there um, so please find out more about raw artists okay uh, on rawartists.com and heidiluera.com and follow Heidi and raw um, raw artists Artists on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever social media is av- available <laughs> nowadays. <We're> everywhere. <laughs> yeah. We even have a TikTok. Right. <laughs> and then you can buy the book on Amazon. Yes. You can also listen to it, right, yeah. on Audibles. That's awesome. I love listening to books on Audible. Yeah. Okay. And if you enjoy our podcast today, please subscribe and check out our videos on our website, girlinfluencepower.com, or go to our Collectin's YouTube channel. And thank you again for coming on thank my show. You. It's been a pleasure. It was my pleasure. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.